So good to see each one of you here this morning. I uh, took a little trip upstairs just now, a few minutes ago, and visited our youth worship. And uh, if you've never done that, it's a great experience. We have a new youth band that's been training for about a year, and now they're leading. It's just so great to see our young people leading in worship, sharing from God's word, leading the other kids in prayer. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. And we have a whole new generation of leaders in the church being raised up. So some Sunday when you want to do something a little different, come to the 8.30 service or go to the 11 o'clock service. And at 10 o'clock, everyone is always welcome to be up in the youth room and, uh, and worship with our youth it's exciting to see what God is doing there. It's exciting to gather around God's word together. So let's pull out Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. If you would turn to that with me in your Bible or take a pew Bible from in front of you. Luke 5, we're reading 1 through 11. The first disciples. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping onto one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon said, We worked hard all night last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. And a few verses from Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, 16, just back a few pages. Matthew 16, 24 through 28. More about following Jesus. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? 
Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Friends, this is God's word for us today. Let's thank God together. Lord, thank you for being here, being with us always. Thank you for speaking once again. We ask that you would speak to each of us the words that we need to hear by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. A group of seven-year-olds were once asked to answer the question, why did God make moms? Great question. Why did mom, mo- God make moms? Well, they had lots of good answers, but here is my favorite, this one. God made moms because she's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. <laughs> you got to admit, there might be some truth to that in some households. But let's hope that we have a purpose in life a little greater than scotch tape, right? We all want a good, important, deep purpose in life. Why were you made? Why did God make you for something beyond scotch tape finding? Why did God make you? One group of Christians who wrote what's called the Westminster Shorter Catechism, that's a mouthful, but this is their great answer, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yeah, that's why God made us. Tom Landry, the late Dallas Cowboys football coach, is quoted as saying something like this, I have a job that is not very complicated, but is often difficult. To get a group of men to do what they don't want to do so that they can achieve the one thing they have wanted all their lives. Yeah, to do what they don't want to do so they can achieve the one thing they have wanted all their lives. We all want that rock-solid purpose in life. And we want to work and play and share life with others who are also wanting to achieve that same purpose. Here at BPUMC, we're not playing football, but we're sailing. We're sailing. We are taking a fresh look at why we're here this fall. As a people, as the body of Christ, a fresh look at how together we can fulfill the mission that God has given us, the purpose that he has created us for. And we're calling it SAIL. You've probably noticed that by now. We're calling it SAIL. Would you say these words at the bottom along with me? Seek Jesus, activate your faith, invest in God's mission, and love completely. It's a pathway, a discipleship pathway toward toward fulfilling our purpose in life. It's a way of organizing and prioritizing what God has called us to be and to do as God's people together. 
The first one is S, seek Jesus. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, that Jesus is seeking lost people. And so we want to help lost people to seek Jesus. Lost people matter to God, and so they matter to us. The S in sale means making sure that we as a church are always developing new ways to introduce people to Jesus because so many of our neighbors do not know or love or follow Jesus, and we want to help them do that. The A in sale is activate your faith. This is the second stage on the discipleship pathway. It's moving from interested in Jesus to committed to Jesus. It's moving from the crowd that's listening to Jesus to following Jesus. It's putting your faith in Jesus. Jesus called this being born again. It's beginning to grow. But we don't want to stop there. We don't want to stop there. We were made for more than just putting our faith in Christ, beginning to grow. He has so much more for us. You know what Jesus said? I think this is one of the most amazing verses in the Bible. Jesus said this, Jesus, who healed the sick, who made the blind see, who transformed broken lives and hearts. Listen to what Jesus said. In John 14, 12, he said this, I tell you the truth. I like it when he starts out that way because that makes us say, oh, listen up. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. Isn't that amazing? He says that if we believe in him, we will not only be able to do what he did, but even greater things. If we become apprentices, we can learn to live like him and learn to minister in the power of God like he did. And he says, even more. Oh, that's the kind of life I want to live. Isn't that the kind of life you want to live? A life so close to God the Father. So full of the Holy Spirit that God can use me in amazing ways. That is what the I in Invest in God's Mission is all about. It's about becoming an apprentice to Jesus. Jesus said, The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Yes, that's what we want. We want to be like Jesus. That's what it means to sail. So today, we are on the water, in a boat, with Simon, who would later become Peter, named Peter, and James and John. We're in Luke chapter 5. Open that up again, if you don't have that open before you. As I was uh, reading a book recently called Four Chair Discipleship by Dan Spader, I realized as I was reading this book that Dan Spader's church in Louisville, Kentucky, is working on a very similar discipleship pathway to, as to what we are working on. And as I got to the section that he wrote about Luke 5, it seemed to me to be a great description or a snapshot 
of what we're talking about in invest in God's mission. So some of these points that I'm going to make are from Dan Spader, and I thank him for helping us see this. Luke 5 starts this way. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. It was so crowded, he couldn't even find a place to stand on the shore. They're crowding him right down to the edge of the shore. So Jesus looks around, and he sees an empty boat that belonged to Simon. And he asks Simon, can I use your boat? Let's get out in the water a little bit. So he put that, puts out a little ways from shore so he can sit down and talk to the crowd because there's so many people who want to hear him. Simon lets Jesus use his boat. Investing in God's mission means being available, being available. Simon was present, and he allowed Jesus to use his boat. When he heard Jesus call, he was willing to respond. There's a story of a man who applied for a job as a handyman. In the interview, the prospective employer said to him, so um, can you do carpentry? No, the man said. Well, how about bricklaying? Can you do that? No, I can't do that either, he said. Uh, How about electrical work? Can you do that? No, I, I really can't do that either. Well, what can you do? You're, you're applying for a job as a handyman. Tell me, what is handy about you, the employer said. And the man replied, well, I, I live just around the corner. <laughs> Sometimes availability is the best ability. Sometimes availability is the greatest ability we can have to be close enough to hear the voice of Jesus when he calls your name, to be close enough to have your ears tuned to his voice when he says, can I borrow your boat? That you can say, here's the keys. Hop right in. Investing in God's mission means being available to let God use what we've got. Well, when Jesus had finished speaking to the crowd, Then he has a conversation with Simon, and he says to him, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets, and you will catch many fish. Listen to what Peter says. Master, we worked hard all night last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we'll try again. Now here, Jesus is asking Peter to do something that Peter is not crazy about. Has God ever asked you to do something that you're not crazy about? I wish we had time for testimonies because I bet there's some good stories in this room about when God asked us to do things that made us say, "Mm, isn't there a better idea, God? Simon has a very logical reason why Jesus' request shouldn't be heeded. He he says, uh, Jesus, we already tried that. We tried it all night. We worked hard all night. We already tried it. Have you ever heard that excuse given? Someone gets excited about doing something for God or doing something in ministry, and they take it to the committee, and the committee says, oh, we already tried that. (laughs) Jesus 
has this idea for Simon. He doesn't think it's a great idea, but he immediately changes his direction. He says, we already tried that, but if you say so, we'll do it. Jesus, if you say so, I'll do it. Investing means being faithful. Being faithful. Investing in God's mission means being faithful. If you say so, Jesus, even if it doesn't make sense, even if I don't feel like doing it, but if I hear you saying to me to do it, Jesus, I am on it. I'm on it. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to do it. That is being faithful. A follower of Jesus who is moving from activating their faith to investing in God's mission is growing in willingness to say, Jesus, if you say so, I'll do it. Dan Spader talks about uh, when he was a new Christian, he had heard that Christians were supposed to share their faith. And so he thought, well, I'm a new Christian. I should share my faith. He lived in Chicago, so he thought O'Hare Airport would be a great place to try it. So he goes to O'Hare Airport and finds a man who's sitting at the American Airlines baggage claim and decides, well, I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to share my faith with this man. He said that he walked around behind him for about 30 minutes trying to get up his courage and finally went and sat down next to him and asked him if he could talk to him about Jesus. Well, it turned out that this man was getting his PhD in philosophy of religion at the University of Chicago, and Spader says that he didn't even understand half the words this man used or the questions that he asked, and he said, it didn't go well. (laughs) It didn't go well. (laughs) He walked away completely defeated, But he thought, maybe I should just give this one more try before I give up forever. I don't think I'm cut out for sharing my faith, but I'll try one more time. So he went upstairs, and he sees a man who's just coming off of an airplane and and who had just sat down. He says that he waited for a little while, hoping that the man would get up and leave, but he didn't. So he gathered all his courage and went and sat down next to him and asked him if he could talk to him about Jesus. And to his utter amazement, the man said, yes, I would love for you to do that. He was so nervous and taken aback, he didn't know what to say, but he had a little booklet in his pocket that talked about what it meant to be a Christian. So he took out that booklet, and he said, would it be okay if we read this booklet together? Because he didn't know what else to do. And the man said, I would love it if you read that booklet with me. And he took the same booklet out of his pocket and said, someone gave me this in the last airport I was in a few hours ago in Philadelphia, and I've been thinking about what it says the whole way here. And with tears in his eyes, he said to Dan, how do I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And they prayed together. And he talks about how for months later, they corresponded about this man's newfound faith. God had gone before him, even though 
it seemed like it wasn't a great strategy. It wasn't a great plan. He heard Jesus call, and he said, if you say so, I'll do it. Investing in God's mission means being faithful. And what happened? What happened to Simon when he was faithful and put out into the deep water? Verse 6 says, At this, And this time, their nets were so full, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When we are faithful, God can do amazing things more than we can ask or imagine. Now, when Simon saw all these fish and two boats overflowing, what did he say? He didn't say, wow, I sure am a great fisherman. Look at all these fish. I'm better than I thought. No, no. He said this. Look at verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the size of their catch, as were the others with him. This is the next thing we learn from this passage. That is, investing in God's mission means being humble. Being humble, it means giving God the glory and not taking it for ourselves. The Bible is full of stories of people who tried to take glory for themselves instead of giving it to God, and the terrible way that that worked out for each of them. Here's one of the most interesting ones. This is Acts chapter 12. If you think the Bible is boring, read Acts chapter 12. This is a crazy story. On one appointed day, King Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum and began delivering an address. The people kept crying out, the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. Simon, James, and John were awestruck by what God had done, awestruck by what Jesus did in the power of God. That is my prayer for us as a church, that over and over we would be awestruck by what God has done and that we would give God the glory. Investing in God's mission means being humble. And finally this, investing means being responsive. Investing in God's mission means being responsive. These fishermen were responsive to Jesus and his leadership as they responded again to his challenge to come and follow him. From now on, Jesus says, you will be fishing for people instead of fish. And verse 11 says, as soon as they landed, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I saw a reality show once. It was called something like 
instant vacation or something like that. The premise was this. The host would go out into some public place like a mall or someplace and find a family and say to them, would you like a free vacation? And he would describe this amazing vacation to them. And of course they would say, yeah, we'd love that. And here's the catch, the host would say. You have to leave right now. You have to leave right now. There's a car outside waiting to take you to the airport. You have to leave right now in order to, do, to take this opportunity. Jesus invites Simon and James and John, and he doesn't invite them to think about it and do it later. It says immediately, immediately they left their nets and followed him. I have a book of parables, modern parables, called Tales from the Magic Monastery. They're these strange, thought-provoking, interesting little parables. Listen to this one. I had just one desire, to give myself completely to God. So I headed for the monastery. An old monk asked me, what is it you want? I said, I just want to give myself to God. I expected him to be gentle, fatherly, but he shouted at me, now! I was stunned. He shouted again, now! I was surprised. Then he reached for a club and came after me. I turned and ran. He kept coming after me, brandishing his club and shouting, now! That was years ago. He still follows me everywhere I go. Always that stick, always that now. Investing in God's mission means being responsive when God calls to answer now, to leave what he's calling us to leave and follow him. Well, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean to follow Jesus into the invest phase? What are we laying out here before you? Well, it's an invitation, an invitation to move from that crowd of people listening to Jesus to those who follow him. It's an invitation to join the crew, an invitation to be committed to being a producer more than a consumer. That means saying, how can I serve God more than how can God make my life better? It's about not just being responsible for my own spiritual well-being, but ministering to those around me, helping them to know and love and follow Jesus. So in practical terms, right away it means for example, when your small group leader says, who can lead next week? That you say, I will, as long as you show me how. If you'll show me, I'll do it. It means making yourself available for apprenticeship. When we offer training for small group leaders, come. When Benny offers training for his Sunday school teachers and Steve for the youth leaders, come. If you are an experienced Sunday school teacher, recruit someone to apprentice, to learn the ropes with you. Imagine if we were all doing that 
how we could multiply our, our, our ability to learn and, and reach out together. I have learned so many things that I would never have learned otherwise because somebody invited me to come learn it along with them. It's the power of apprenticeship. We are creating a discipleship pathway, a way for people to be trained to disciple others. And then they will train and disciple others. And this will be a multiplying kind of process so that when someone says, you know, I want to take that next step. I want to be someone who follows Jesus with all that I've got, that there's easy opportunities and pathways and a clear way to make that happen. It sounds like a lot of work, though, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't it kind of sound like sale is another giant to-do list that we're laying out? It could be like that, except that none of this is what we do in our own power. We do this in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is God at work among us that makes it possible for us to follow him at all. It was the Holy Spirit at work in Simon and James and John's hearts that enabled them to get out of their boat and follow Jesus. And it's the same for us. If we invite God's help, he will empower us. That's, that means going all in. That means holding nothing back. That means what Jesus said in Matthew, denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following him. This isn't simple and easy, but Jesus said, if we want to save our lives, if we hold on to them, then they'll slip through our fingers. But if we give our lives to him, then we will find real life. And listen to what Hebrews says about Jesus. Hebrews 12 invites us to fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Did you hear that? Jesus took up his cross for the joy set before him. You don't always think of crucifixion, losing your life, and joy together. But Jesus says, if you want to save your life, give it to me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Investing means joy. It is all about Joy, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. This is what we've wanted all our lives, a purpose like this, a relationship with God like this. Do you want a mission in life? Something that will bring you more joy than any comfort you could ever leave behind? Invest in God's mission. Join the crew. Put out into the deep water and let out your nets for a catch. Let's pray. God, you're calling. You're calling each one of us here. We can hear you calling our names. 
And you know, Lord, what we need to leave behind. Only you know. That can be a scary prospect to drop what's in our hands and to grab hold of you. A daily choice, Lord. But God, we trust you and we firmly believe that there is nothing better in life than giving you all we've got, being all in. So Lord, if there are any on the fence today, any who are weighing their options, any who are wondering, is it worth it to give my life to this God? Oh Lord, would you nudge and comfort and convict by the power of your Holy Spirit Help each of us to hear your voice and take that next step of obedience that you're calling us to. And we believe you will fill us with joy. In Jesus' name, amen.